Welcome back to TanakhCast. This is episode 176. We'll continue in the Psalms with a brief summary of chapters 91 through 94 and follow with some thoughts about dancing your way to revolution. Psalm 91 finds the poet in a good space, faithful and secure, under the wings of God, unafraid of all the perils that might overcome him. And the poet lists many, the fowler's snare, the disastrous plague, the night terrors, and the arrows that fly by day. Faith in God provides the poet with a comfort that many a soldier wished he had when he heard that whistle commanding him out of the trenches and into the hail of machine gun fire. Quote, Though a thousand fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, you it will not reach. Psalm 92 continues to ride this high, the poet's thankfulness overflowing in a psalm for the Shabbat with the acknowledgement that God runs the world justly and truthfully. Quote, the righteous man springs up like the palm tree, like the Lebanon cedar he towers. Planted in the house of the Lord, in the courts of our God they flourish. They bear fruit still in old age, fresh and full of sap they are, to tell that the Lord is upright, my rock, there is no wrong in him. Psalm 93 is a tight five verses, all of which point to God being the absolute sovereign. God is one and done, not God, the psalm. Anyway, moving on. Psalm 94 finds the poet echoing the frustrations of the people. Quote, how long the wicked, O Lord, how long will the wicked exult? They utter arrogance, speak it, all the wrongdoers, bandy boasts. Your people, O Lord, they crush, and your estate they abuse. Widow and sojourner they kill, and orphans they murder. But the poet tells his listeners... The poet also rejects the people's premise completely. The wicked are not acting with impunity. God is watching. Quote, Who plants the ear? Will he not hear? Who fashions the eye? Will he not look? And even for the innocent sufferer, God has a plan. Quote, Happy the man whom Yah chastises and whom from his teaching he instructs to make him quiet in evil days until a pit is dug for the wicked. And in the end, God will dole out punishment for that wicked person. This is something that even the poet longs for, seeing himself as one of those initial complainers and innocent sufferers. But he has learned from his experience and strengthened his faith. He doesn't complain or kvetch, but merely ask, quote, Who will rise for me against evildoers? Who will take a stand for me against the wrongdoers? Were not the Lord a help to me, I would have almost dwelled in the silent realm. And on that instructive note... Here endeth the lesson. You know, I I can't even scan verse 13 of Psalm 92 without the music kicking in. And when the music kicks in, hence come the dance steps. Can't see it right now because this is a podcast, but I'm kind of almost doing the steps here in my studio pacing it out walk 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 with my left hand palm up on my left shoulder the right hand on the left palm on the person in front (sighs) anywho good times israeli folk dancing in my mind and during my many many years of classical jewish education folk dancing was intimately associated with zionism and the land of israel 
Now, I'm sure folks in biblical times danced, and I'm sure folks in Talmudic times danced, despite the temple being destroyed twice and the Hadrianic persecutions during this late 2nd century CE. And there's that bottle dance scene in Fiddler on the Roof. So I'm sure folks in the shtetl were dancing in between the pogroms. And I picked up some of those dances at the dozens of bar and bat mitzvahs where segregated dancing was the norm. But at school, we had some sessions during music class where I learned the Hora, Tsaadte Mani, Debka, and Cherkazia. All we needed was some floor space in the basement and an accordion. And just as we were being inculcated with a form of Israeli culture, so too were those early pioneers and settlers who were dancing in Palestine during the first Aliyah in 1882, the second Aliyah between 1904 and 1914, and the third Aliyah between 1919 and 1923. During the second and third Aliyah periods, the early settlers danced only dances that they brought with them from the diaspora, the Hora, the Polka, the Krakowiak, the Cherkazia, and the Rondo. The Hora, based on a circle dance originating in the Balkans, soon became the national dance of Israel. If Israel had a founding parent of Israeli dance, it would be Rivka Sturman. Sturman immigrated to Palestine in 1929, and as the story goes, one day she observed that children were being taught German songs in kindergarten, and in that moment she decided that it was important for Jewish children to have songs and dances that reflected the culture of their own country, which in 1929 didn't exist yet. The Zionist project was designed to be revolutionary. It was meant to ingather to Palestine all the Jews of the diaspora, generally believed by Zionist ideologues to be passive, weak, and meek. You know, betas. And under the Mediterranean sun, they would be transformed into chads, men and women who would speak Hebrew and work the land and build cities and dance around bonfires while they drain swamps and make the desert bloom. Sturman soon joined a newly formed organization sponsored by the Histadrut Organization of Workers that devoted itself to the creation of folk dances. Sturman had a background in modern dance. She became one of the most prolific folk dance choreographers in the country. From 1942 to 1983, she created, taught, and performed more than 90 dances, many of which are considered Israeli classics. Although in most compendia of Israeli folk dances performed today, her contribution is overshadowed by more contemporary choreographers. Two Israelis even came up with a notation system, which would document the oftentimes difficult choreography of each dance. But EWMN was not developed exclusively for dance or even for the purpose of dance. It was a notation system for movement. EWMN stands for Eshkol Wachman Movement Notation, after dance theorist Noah Eshkol and Technion architecture professor Avraham Wachman. EWMN is also used by physical therapists, animal behaviorists, and for the early diagnosis of autism. By some counts, there are over 3,000 dances in the national repertoire, but I imagine that few Israeli dance clubs tackle them all. I alluded to the handful of dance steps the original settlers imported with them. The Hora, Polka, Krakowiak, Cherkazia, and Rondo, as well as some Hasidic dance steps. These were supplemented and augmented by the Tsaadte Mani, or Yemenite step, and the Debka, an Arabic folk dance form. A single dance might incorporate elements from multiple folk dance traditions or from folk and non-folk sources. 
For example, the dance Manavu from 1956 combines folk dance influences like the Yemenite step with movements from ballet. Some Israeli dances, and this is more common in the newer dances, have few, if any, folk elements. A prime example is the summer camp favorite Yoya by Kaveret, which is done in disco format. That is, all the dancers are facing in the same direction, and they have movements almost entirely from outside the step repertoire. I think if you ask those kids about folk dancing and if what they were doing was a kind of folk dance, they would say yes, probably, because it seems old, but I'm sure folk dance purists would look down their noses at the young whippersnappers and their wild choreography. Which raises an interesting question about folk dancing and the folk. How do you know if a dance is a folk dance? Because the folk do it? But folk from when? And which folk? If you attend an Israeli dance club, of which there seem to be more than one in this city in the 21st century, you will find the folk there of a certain age demographic doing dances with certain dance steps from certain decades in the previous century. Now, before you flood my mentions with angry comments and poop emojis, I am not saying that folk dancing is a boomer hobby. Not at all. What I'm saying is that folk dancing is a snapshot of a particular time in the history of the folk, and it's usually an older snapshot taken on 35mm film, which had to be taken as part of a role to a place which charged an exorbitant amount of money for development, and it would take weeks until you got the prints back, and there were probably thumbs in the corner of most of the pictures because mom still hasn't figured out how to hold the camera properly. So when those European settlers came to Palestine and decided to establish a canon, incorporating steps from Europe and the Middle East, they thought kids would be dancing these steps for decades to come, and they were right. But after a handful of decades, those kids grew up, and the kids that grew up in their place were not necessarily interested in doing those dances or those costumes, and the folk kind of moved on to listen to the Beatles and wear bell-bottom jeans and smoke reefer, and even those trends grew passé and were supplanted by others, and now we have trap music, Ugg boots, and vape pens. But we point to folk dancing as some pure distillation of the culture, capturing an essence of Israeliness that present-day Israelis mostly don't connect to. But we still do it, and every year there are Israeli dance festivals in cities all over the world, so dust off them dancing shoes and put on that peasant shirt and get ready to leap, slide, run, 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 leap, slide, run, run. If you like what you heard today, spread the word about TanakhCast. Tell a friend about TanakhCast over coffee. Send another friend an email or text, nothing fancy. Help your aunt who just got her first smartphone to download a podcatcher and subscribe to TanakhCast. And if you have a spare moment after all that, write a brief glowing review at Apple Podcasts. Apparently it helps people who might be interested in a little Bible learning for this podcast. And it's also a nice thing to do. If you want to help in an even bigger way, support us at Patreon. Just search for TanakhCast at Patreon.com and pledge your shekels either on a one-time or monthly basis and receive special blessings from the Most High. I thank you in advance for that and encourage you to join us again in two weeks for... Episode 177, when we continue in Psalms with chapters 95 through 98.